It's the freaking weekend. Everyone's going to have me some fun. Hey, McAfee has nothing to apologize. Ron Rivera is out of his damn mind. I mean, you got to get that woke guy out of there. Hey, let's understand something. We've always known Shaq is a fraud, and Trevor Bauer speaks and should be allowed back in Major League Baseball. I got that. I got bets. I got screen caps. I got mayors. I got all kinds of stuff coming up right now as Don't At Me starts right now. I'm looking like a priest, by the way. Hey, don't at me. I'm very papal today. See what I did right there? A little, little priest action. No, I'm not going to make fun of Catholic priests. I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I love the Catholic Church, so don't at me about it, people. Hey, McAfee has nothing to apologize. I'm seeing all these little twerps talking about, well, McAfee's complicit. ESPN's got a McAfee problem. No, you know what ESPN's got? ESPN's got a gold mine on their hands with Pat McAfee. ESPN's got a Tuesday news drop like no other every time Aaron Rodgers comes on. Like Aaron Rodgers could cure cancer. And next thing you know, all the little media twerps will be all over his ass. They'll be like, hey, Aaron, yeah, well, you really didn't do it. See, here's the media playbook with liberals. Rip your ass, rip your ass, rip your ass. And then when you fire back at him, guess what? They all become, I mean everyone, even our little guy Gigi Doyle becomes a victim. I'm a victim. You can't come at me. Yeah, I got two words for you. My ass. Of course we can come back at you. Jimmy Kimmel came back at. He came back at. Well, excuse me. He came at Aaron Rodgers hard, tinfoil hat, too many concussions. He got a little personal with Aaron Rodgers, and all Aaron Rodgers said is, hey, man, guys like Jimmy Kimmel are hoping that the Epstein files don't come out. Well, guess what? They did. Kimmel wasn't on, so in a way, Kimmel is vindicated. But I talked to numerous lawyers, and not one person, not one, said that there is a leg to stand on for Kimmel suing Aaron Rodgers or and Pat McAfee. It's crap. It's garbage. Uh, McAfee has nothing to apologize. Let me tell you what McAfee does every day, and I was just texting with him because I just put out a tweet with a video saying he doesn't have to apologize for nothing. He just sent it back to me saying, you know, laughing. But the fact of the matter is there is nothing that Pat has to apologize for. Not one damn thing. And if little media twerp at the Indy Star, little media twerp with USA Today tries to take the high road, they got no high road. They are disgusting personal human beings, disgusting people. Don't even try that crap with me. No. He's not disgusting, but he's America's wokest coach, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera coaches the commanders, and by all accounts, the commanders stink. Is it always the coach's fault? No, of course not. The players are highly paid. They stink. The general manager is highly paid. He stinks. But Rivera pissed us off because he got mad at Jack Del Rio for comments that he made weren't, that weren't woke. And Del Rio pissed me off because Del Rio is a great player, was a great player. Rivera was a nice backup. Del Rio was a great player. Del Rio looked like Buzz Lightyear coming out of USC, and he took it from Rivera. And then ultimately, because this is what little Libby coaches do as well, fired Del Rio. But on his way out, he's not out yet, but Black Monday is coming, and Black Monday is going to hit Ron Rivera right in the face, I got to believe. Well, Del Rio thinks, ladies and gentlemen, 
that, well, they're in a better place. They're not in a better place. They're in a horrible place. Uh, we'd like to think we're in a better place. Well, I know you'd like to think you're in a better place. We'd all like to think you're in a better place. Probably a fair way to say it. Uh, I, I'm most certainly do, I most certainly do appreciate my time here, and we'll see what happens. What we've done with the culture, I think that was one of the things that someone asked me the same question. I said the biggest thing, more so than anything else, I think it's kind of where we are. Yeah, what he's saying is don't worry about wins and losses. It's the culture that I've provided here. It's the culture of things that I think are really, well, here's the deal with this in coaching. You can't really quantify it. You know, there's nobody that can walk in there, put a thermometer in and say, yeah, that culture is great. The way you see a culture is wins and losses. And frankly, Ron Rivera has been a disaster now. Basically, everybody has been a disaster. Jay Gruden was a disaster. If you worked for the D.C. team, the Washington Redskins, yeah, I don't want to hear about commanders, the Washington Redskins, guess what? You probably have been involved in a god-awful culture. Daniel Snyder's been well-documented, new ownership group with Josh Harris, probably will set that right. But it feels to me there are certain organizations that need a reboot. Let me ask you, what organizations are those? That's a great question. Feels like the whole thing at Indiana basketball needs a reboot. I don't know if I'm telling the truth or not. I'm not inside there. It just seems like it seems like the Bears have kind of come out. It feels like the Carolina Panthers need a complete reboot. I don't think the Colts need a reboot, but it would behoove the Colts to win this game at home against the Texans on Saturday night and make their way into playoff. It would behoove them bigly. Big time, it would behoove them. But other than that, there aren't a lot of teams. We'll see what the Raiders do. You know, and what the Raiders do, I'm not sure. Who knows? I mean, Antonio Pierce, African-American dude, likes to wear earrings in his ears and all that kind of stuff. So he's a hip cat that the players obviously are going to like. We'll see what they do there. The question about guys like Antonio Pierce isn't what you see on the court or field. It's what is going on in the background. And the fact of the matter is, who knows? Is he a worker? Is he a guy that an owner in Mark Davis who has been around winning? I mean, let make no mistake. He was there when his dad was running things and they were winning some. Is he the guy that Mark Davis feels like they can go forward with? I don't know, but I know this. Black Monday's coming. Black Monday, it be a coming. And the fact of the matter is, I, well, I don't think it's a fact yet, but the truth of the matter is it would be very, very difficult, I think, for the commanders, no matter what their culture is, to keep Ron Rivera. And if I were a guy that owned a team, I would look really hard at the general manager. Now, in Indianapolis, you think I was kidding you about a 10-year plan with our guy, our guy Chris Ballard. I wasn't kidding. He's on a 10-year plan. They lose this game. He's not going to be fired, or at least history says he's not going to be fired. Chargers feel like they need a reboot. New England, look, you're not allowed to say it, except you are now. New England feels like they need a reboot. They just do. For a minute, it felt like maybe the Steelers needed a reboot, but they ain't rebooting. And, of course, the Arizona Cardinals, they need a reboot. The Arizona Cardinals, I don't know where you go here. You said the other day, at least the head coach did, that Kyler Murray is your franchise quarterback. But it just feels like to me, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, i got to figure this thing out. 
I, I just kind of sort of do. Guys on the clock, maybe. Maybe it's Atlanta. Don't know. Could be. I, you know, mm, seems like it might be. What's going to happen with the Giants? Everybody was all happy with the, the bold guy, the fat guy, who would yell and scream, and now 5-11 and 11 later, I'm not so sure everybody's so damn happy. Not sure they're not. Pete Carroll. Feels like Pete Carroll's been there 110 years. They need a reboot there? Don't know. New Orleans is 8-8. Eight and eight. New Orleans is playing for a conference title or a division title. We'll see what happens there. Does the Vikings? Nah, I don't think the Vikings do. The Bears are now 7-9. and nine. I would keep the Bears on the same track, see what happens, and I'm not the biggest Eberflus guy. But Black Monday is coming, and I do think it is going to be led by Ron Rivera. It would shock me, and I think it would shock you too, if on Black Monday, are we allowed to call it Black Monday? Do we have to call it African American Monday? Is there something we must call it? Is Jamel Hill going to be mad if we say Black Monday? Is that racist? I don't know. And I really don't care. But I just thought of that. Truth of the matter is, I don't think Belichick's going to be there Black Monday. I think Belichick, when he goes, there'll be a thing. It won't be a thing from him, but it won't be like a news drop when everybody else gets fired. Maybe nobody gets fired. Hell, I don't know. Uh, After receiving the harshest penalty in Major League Baseball history for basically doing nothing other than having rough sex with a woman who has proven to be unreliable, has proven to be a jock chaser, Trevor Bauer, he's making his pitch to Major League Baseball. He wants back in. He's cleaned up. He's cut his hair. You know, Trevor Bauer, no different than Clarissa Thompson. They think they're the cool kid. They think they're untouchable. They do whatever it is they want to do. And next thing you know, when they get sliced up, oh, wait a second, we got we to gotta figure this out. He says he's grown. He wants an opportunity, a second opportunity. And he exclusively spoke to our friend Charlie on his redemption tour. Let's hear from Trevor Bauer. And I'm a business owner now. I have employees. I've learned a lot of lessons through management that uh, I can't imagine what I would, what my reaction would be if uh, an employee of mine came out publicly and said some of the things about me that I said about Rob Manfred, the CEO of baseball. So, um, yeah, I look back on those comments with a lot of uh, embarrassment and regret. And, um, you know, that certainly made the situation a lot harder on me than, than it needed to be. And I'm trying to repair all those relationships. I'm trying to have those conversations with people. Uh, I've made those adjustments in my personal life. Um, just trying to do the second half of my career better than I did the first half. You know, here's the thing. And if I were Rob Manfred, I would bring Bauer in. I, I would. Look, you're fighting for your life. You are. You're fighting for your life on, well, when you have somebody making, making false accusations, which they proved to be. I mean, there's been no charges. They looked at him, said, not a chance. Um, And I would personally, this is just me, I would go, all right, all right, let's have a chat. let's, Let's talk about this. Why did you make those comments? Now, if I'm Manford, I got to put my big boy pants on too. I mean, let's be honest. I got to say, hey, look, I'm in a position where I'm going to get criticized. 
I'm in a position where, you know what? Uh, My decisions are not going to be easy, and they are going to cost jobs, reputations. I would be very sensitive to that. I would be very sensitive to that, and I would not care if Trevor Bauer talked bad about me. I'd be like, all right, well, I got to get over it. I, 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 I got to get over it. I, it's fine. Put your big boy pants on, or you can make it personal. But it's not personal. Bauer felt like he was attacked. Bauer felt like, you know what? I got to fight back. No idea who made the playoff format, but Rob is responsible for releasing it. So I'll direct this to you, Rob Manford. So he's mad at Manford about a bunch of things. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. That's what he said about Manford. Now look, all right, that's not a great thing to say, but you're the commissioner of baseball. Like, and don't be a liberal. Like, don't put a guy with the biggest suspension ever, which you did, don't become a victim and put a guy out of baseball because he came back at you. Don't be Greg Doyle. Don't be these people. Don't be any of these guys. Be bigger. You're supposed to get, if you're going to criticize, then you get criticized. It's the way it is. I mean, what can I tell you? All right. Here is another clip from Trevor Bauer on his redemption tour. Um, We spoke, and you told me the sex was consensual. Yes. You believe that? 100%. I've never sexually assaulted anyone, never will, never have. It's not who I am as a person. Um, It's been excruciating the last two and a half years being seen that way, um, because that's not my my character. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I... I've never sexually assaulted anyone. Well, you know, Trevor, there are allegations from other women. Uh, I think there are three. Are, are they lying, too? Uh, well, some of, the, some of those things are still playing out, but we will prevail in, in all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one outstanding lawsuit, um, but we're going we're gonna to win that, just like we've won everything else. There you go. So, hey, look, I don't know. All I know is this. There's nothing been proven in court. There's not even a sip. There's nothing so far. Now, maybe there's something in Manford. I would assume whatever he did was based on more information than either Trevor Bauer, his attorney, or anybody is putting out there. I would assume that. I mean, look, I don't know, but that's my assumption, and I think that's an accurate assumption. But I don't know, and neither do you. I got to make sure this... uh, this continues on here. I don't know why our internet dropped a little bit. At least it did on my side. I just got it fixed. Ah. Oh, man. You know what? You know you got a farce when Reverend Al is in the house. You know you got complete Bolshevik when Reverend Al shows up. Jesse Jackson, father and kids out of wedlock. Reverend Al. Oh, man, I don't pay my taxes, but I stay at the Four Seasons. I smoke mega cigars. I'm the man. All I got to do is say race. And guess what? Yeah. Here we go. The Reverend Al Sharpton. He is a Baptist minister, political, civil rights, and social justice activist. There you go. All right, Reverend Al. 
Reverend Al leads protest against Bill Ackman, who was very, very vocal about Claudine Gay. He's picketing Bill Ackman's place. Look, if I don't know what Bill Ackman does, but I'll support him. The National Action Network will lead a picket line every Thursday outside hedge fund billionaire Bill Ackman's office to protest his campaign against Claudine Gay and DEI measures. Good, you protest your ass off. See, when guys like Reverend Al protest anymore, even African Americans go, oh, it's a capacitor. You're such a, you're a, you're, you're a meme. You're a fraud. But when he's out there protesting, and he probably pays people to do it with him. Man, uh, our friend, we got to get her back on, Sage Steele, she not having none of Reverend Al. Sage is like, hold the phone here, people. Reverend Al, my ass. Intelligent people understand that Reverend Al is full of crapola. Let's hear from Sage Steele. I just wish he would go away. Maybe 50 years ago, right now, he is the wrong person to be speaking for anything. Remember Martin Luther King, Mr. Sharpton? I think you do. Judge me by the content of my character, not the color of my skin. And what did what happened with Claudine Gay? There are some character issues, which is why she was forced to step down. There are so many things that are disappointing to me, Jesse, about this story. And I think just from today's news, better late than never, I guess, right? And the fact that it took... The plagiarism instead of what happened with Elise Stefanik is disturbing in its own right. But when you look through the entire letter that Harvard sent to its community, eventually towards the end, they mentioned, okay, she has taken responsibility for some mistakes. But what did they do that stood out to me the most? They denounced the racist attacks that were apparently coming Claudine Gay's way, as they should. Any racist attacks should be denounced. They did that so clearly and swiftly in that letter. What about Claudine Gay herself when she was being asked how many times by Elise Stefanik? Is it wrong? Do you denounce any anti-Semitic comments any about the genocide of Jews students on your campus? And, and she couldn't even answer that clearly. She refused to answer it. See, I think that's immediately you fire. And, you know, I mean, that's pretty simple. You're putting Jewish students on your campus in jeopardy, and you've proven you don't have leadership, and that's exactly what Sage Steele was saying. Look, when you are in a leadership position, you're not leading the woke, you're not leading the conservative, you're leading the institution. And the number one thing now, which I'll never understand, is we must have a safe, wholesome, nurturing environment for students. What? You do? Look, if I wanted a safe wholesome, nurturing environment when I went to college, guess what I'd have done? I'd have stayed home. My mommy would have been safe, nurturing. That would have been the environment. I went to college to get out, baby, play a little basketball, have some fun, and not cause anyone any problems, get an education. I didn't need somebody making it safe and nurturing. Well, that's the world we're living in now. Okay, I went to college 100 years ago. Truth of the matter is, not only, not only did Claudine Gay not make Harvard safe, she made it more dangerous. Not only by not speaking anti, or excuse me, by not speaking against anti-Semitism, she opened up anti-Semitism on her own campus, and we saw it. 
making it unsafe. Two things for Jewish kids and anybody that opposed the anti-Semitic folk. That's how they work. We've all seen it. You oppose us, we're vicious towards you. So good for Sage Steele saying that that man right there should go away. 50 years ago, maybe. Now, he's just an old man grifter taking Ozempic, getting his stomach stapled so that he can look a little bit skinnier. He's a joke. He's a mess. He's a train wreck. He's low character. Look, if he ever decided that he was going to pay his tax bill like the rest of us do, then maybe I would give him some credit. But the pictures are too numerous of this fraud out there staying at the Four Seasons, I'm sure on somebody else's dime. You used to have to pay him and Jesse Jackson. How do you think they made their money? You used to have to pay Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton to come in and lead a rally for you. Hey, man, 35 grand and we'll be there. That dude comes in now, guess what? Bill Ackman, you're the man. More Al Sharpton protests, the more we like the people he is protesting against. That's racist. What's racist about it? I don't want to tell you. That's the world. As Sage Steele, quoting Martin Luther King, which we talk about all the time on this show, we will always, not sometimes, we will always judge folk by the content of their character not the color of their skin. We treat everybody equal, but not special. That gets racism charges against me. You treat people equal. You treat Claudine Gay like like the president of UPenn, and oh my God, that's racist. Why? Because people like Al Sharpton, they want equal, but special. I ain't down with it. I ain't down with it, not even a little bit. Look, Al Sharpton is nothing but a thug. Who? And by the way, we can say that now. Ryan Clark made it okay. I don't care what Jamel Hill says. Jamel Hill says, you can't say thug to a black me, yeah, kiss my ass. That's all he is. He's just a little old thug trying to hang on to whatever the past was, stay relevant, make some money, that's it. He has absolutely no influence, but I love talking about the Reverend Al because he's so full of shit. I'm sorry. He just is. And it frankly makes me giggle. And I like to giggle. You know, one of the most lovable people now, and it's an amazing world that we live in, one of the most lovable people is Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, because, well, post-George Floyd, is the poster child, he, Barkley, and others, he is the poster child for, hey, look at me, look at me, I am the good guy. Papa John's Pizza needed a brother. Papa John's Pizza got Shaq. They made him an owner. You can't swing a dead cat without seeing Shaq in a commercial. All right, great. Well, we all know this. A hip-hop artist said Shaq was stalking her and was granted a restraining order. I mean, you know, he's cheated on his wife numerous times. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, let's be honest. Shaq, come on. Well, a former employee of Shaq, and this won't surprise anybody, 
a former employee of Shaq. Uh, here she is saying, here he is, excuse me, saying, hey, look, look, Shaq don't pay nobody. Shaq don't pay nobody. He's being sued for not paying an employee at his production company who worked on his Oscar-winning documentary, Queen of Basketball. Yeah, that was a really good one. That was Oscar-worthy. Shaquille O'Neal certainly has come across as everyone's best friend, just a big jovial guy, apparently until he owes you money. He hid from attorneys for months trying to serve him a class-action lawsuit over the bankrupt FTX crypto exchange, his endorsements of the company, and now he's basically doing the same with Mr. Wilson, hiding from his financial obligations. It's shameful behavior by a, what is it? A celebrity of his status. All right. There you go. Look, I'm never surprised. I don't care if you're black, you're white. I'm never surprised by any of this stuff. We don't want to talk about it. We just want to say, oh, man, what a great dude. I saw him in a commercial. I see him talking in, 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 in the NBA stuff and, you know, the Charles, you know, me, I, I, me, I, 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 me, I, I. I tell you what, though, I did like his reality show. And I do like the fact that he does nice stuff for people. But I'm not surprised by any of this, and you shouldn't be either. If you see somebody that's a celebrity, and they've got anything, I'm talking about serious stuff in their background, restraining orders, that kind of stuff, just know that's like speeding. You don't get caught the first time you're speeding. And that's not the only thing you did. Now, you can say the same thing about me, Dunkage. I've read about you. Yeah, well, telling a woman I won't go swimming with her or, or, or knowing the politics of a small town in Indiana and calling it out. Yeah, I mean, that's a bad guy, I suppose. Not quite at the level of cheating on your wife. Not quite at the level of not paying your employees. Not quite at the level of hiding from different servers who are serving you subpoenas and other stuff. I get a kick out of it. I'm sorry. I do. I know we're not supposed to. I know we're supposed to take this stuff very seriously. And, you know, man, Shaq does a lot of good. I'm sure he does. But look, it's simple. Pay your employees. I mean, guy works for you. Just pay him. What's contract say? Pay him. You don't have a contract, don't pay him. But if you got a contract, pay him. I mean, I always say, like, if this attorney wanted to get paid or he wanted to win in the court of public opinion, show me a contract. You got a contract, then pay you. But Shaq has become a megastar, and I get a kick out of it. I do. Shaq was the original. I'm, I'll get into this, too. Shaq was the original. Everybody's got to keep a little white guy around. He was. He was the original. When we were filming Blue Chips... When we were filming Blue Chips, he was there, and he had a little white dude around. I forget, I forget the, uh, I forget the name of the guy, but he was his guy. He was his runner. He was getting it done for Shaq. Hey, man, what do you do? Oh, man, I'm Shaq's guy. Oh, okay. So from that point on, I always paid attention to the little white guy hanging. I like the little white guy. The little white guy is always really important. You know what? John Moran had a little black guy. 
And that guy got him in trouble. You got to make sure your little white guy, you have to. You got to make sure that your little white guy is on the up and up. He can't get you in trouble like Chris Carter said. He's got to be more the fall guy than anything else. That's right. Shaq can smile. Pay your employees. Simple. Hey, uh, we like Joe Buck. Joe Beck was at Indiana when I was there for about a minute. I think Joe dropped out to go broadcast. But Joe Buck is coming to Al Michaels' defense. See, a lot of people are on Al Michaels' ass. Maybe rightfully so. I don't know. Al's 172 years old. He stays in the four seasons wherever he's at. He demands a lot in his contracts. Hey, maybe he's deserving. I mean, he called the most iconic broadcast in the history of sports, maybe, the Miracle on Ice in 1980, and he knocked it out of the park by, do you believe in miracles? Yes. People still talk about that call all these years later, 44 years later. However, truth of the matter is, I like listening to Al Michaels. A lot of people don't. A lot of people think he's not enthusiastic enough. A lot of people think he doesn't jump up or down, stand on his head and crap snowballs enough. Hey, I don't know what you want, but I know this. When Al Michaels calls a game, it's a big game. It's an interesting game. I don't know of too many broadcasters that when they call a game, you're like, all right, this is good. I mean, when Tarico calls it, kind of that same way. But Michaels has a deeper history. I mean, we're talking 44 years of hearing that iconic call, seeing Al Michaels on Monday Night Baseball, seeing Al Michaels on Monday Night Football, seeing Al Michaels on big games, Super Bowls, you name it. Al Michaels has done it. Now he's under fire. Joe Buck's not happy. Joe Buck's not happy because apparently NBC, which has some playoff games, did not tell Al Michaels that he wasn't going to be in their lineup. Okay, well, that happens. And it just goes to show, it doesn't matter who you are, they'll fire Bob Knight in Indiana, they'll cut Peyton Manning in Indianapolis, they'll not tell Al Michaels that you have been dropped from the playoff roster. Joe Buck's not having it. And this is Joe Buck's time to shine. I mean, he's doing Monday Night Football. People don't hate him anymore. They realize Troy Aikman's the best football announcer out there, and Buck is damn good. But here's the deal. Here's what Buck said. How was he told that he was not doing this playoff game? If you tell me he's known forever and this is the deal that he signed, that's one thing. But to find out publicly and you're Al Michaels, well, here's the deal. Yes, he's Al Michaels. But truthfully, employers don't have any obligation outside of what the contract is. And you pretty much know that it's not personal one way or the other. When they love on you, it ain't personal. When they don't love on you, it ain't personal. It's one of the reasons I like this job. I just feel, hey, maybe everybody's fooling me, but I just feel a personal collection to net connection to our entire team. I like them. And I don't feel a personal connection to nothing. I mean nothing. Not a dog, not this jersey over my shoulder, nothing. I just move on to the next thing every single time. But I do feel like this is the most fun job I had because I really like the people around me. I've always liked the people around me, and they me. But the fact of the matter is, they don't owe me nothing. They want to come in tomorrow and say, Dan, we can fire you per your contract. We're going to pay you. Eh, goodbye. I get it. It's the world we live in.
All right. Here's Joe Buck further. I'm happy for Noah Eagle. This has nothing to do with Noah Eagle. I and Eagle, I think, is phenomenal. Noah's great. Up and coming star in the business. Take them out of it. How was he alerted to this, talking about Al Michaels? What is this in his deal? Did he know beforehand? Did he find out through social media or through you, Marshan? He's talking to Andrew Marshan, who does a very popular media blog. And if the answer is he found out through you or social media, then I think that sucks. Well, here's the deal. You can think it sucks, but so what? It's like I always tell you. If you're a husband or you're a wife and your spouse is mad at you, honey, I know you're mad at me. Tell you what, you stay here and be mad. I'm going to go over there and let you be mad. When you're not mad anymore, we can talk. And then you go about your business. Now, why am I divorced? Maybe that's one of the reasons. Maybe that's not the best strategy, but it's an honest strategy. You're mad. And many times in your relationship, when she or he is mad and you try to talk it out and they won't do it, that's when you really hit them with, all right, I get it. You're mad. Try to talk. Don't want to. Get that too. You stay right here and be mad. And I'll be home in a few hours. If you say I'll be home in a few hours, you know what the answer then is? That opens the line of communications. Where are you going? Particularly if you're a woman. If you're a woman and it's like 6 to 8 o'clock at night, maybe even later, and you say, all right, Danny D, pat me on the head, you're mad. Tell you what, you stay here and be mad. I'll be back in a few hours. That gets you crap in your pants if you're a dude. Now your hot wife is going out for a few hours, and she's going out mad. Huh. That'll get you. Whoa, 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 whoa. That'll get you guys. Me? I get a good book, sit down, see if the sack man sent me any bets, and have at it for the evening. I figure at this point in my life, if Lee or anyone's going to run around, eh, go about your business. Seriously. I mean, I don't, isn't that how we should be? I mean, what are you going to do? Cry? Well, don't go out. You can't. I know you're seeing Johnny. Oh, shut up. Just shut up. Uh, back to our initial story. And our initial story is Pat McAfee has absolutely nothing. You can turn on X, Twitter, X, whatever, and you can see it. You can close your eyes and go, all right. Who is going to be critical of McAfee and Aaron Rodgers? Greg Doyle, of course, little liberal coward, Indy Star, whoever the writer is for uh, the USA Today. Wait, Deadspin, they got to be pissed. Julie DiCarlo, Jesus, what has happened to her? But anyway, she is wow, and she's mad, but she's mad about everything. She's pissed off about everything. I don't even know who the hell she is, and she's pissed off at me. She was pissed off because I was friends with Steve Alford. I am friends with Steve Alford. I don't know what the hell he did at Iowa with Pierre Pearson. I don't care. It's not my business. But I'm friends with Steve Alford, always have been. 
Always will be. So she's mad at me. She went to Indiana. We are all supposed to, in Julie DiCarlo's world, bend down to Julie DiCarlo. Julie DiCarlo's an idiot. I mean, there's nothing she says that's interesting. She had to protect her tweets because she's such a fool. She's mad. You know it. Uh, who's mad? Deadspin writer. Either the one idiot, Carone whatever, or this uh, biggin, Julie DiCarlo. All right, you're mad. Good. Pat her on the head. Go be mad. You just know. You just know. Every time Aaron Rodgers comes on, the liberal, anti-vax, anti-people, angry, cowardly white dude, and the biggin, chubby, yell at my kids because that's what I do as a biggin, munch how by proxy promoting, Julie DiCarlo and others are going to be mad. You just know it. Period. I'm sure some of the other women of, you know, what? Uh, Christine Brennan and others are going to be pissed. I'm sure every time Aaron Rod- well, he, he costs people their lives. Oh, shut the hell up and go away. 350 million people. He's entitled to his opinion. You don't like it, write your crap. But I don't think it's affecting Aaron Rodgers. In fact, I would argue that it is enhancing Aaron Rodgers. It is helping Pat McAfee. I got the biggest bonus of my career when I left Emmis after three different articles in the Indy Star were written about what a horrible human being I am. They're all lies, switched around, all that. Who cares? I didn't care. I hope they write another one. This one, I'm sure they'll write about me being a racist when I come back to local radio. It's all good. All I do is cash checks and laugh. And that's all McAfee, that's why I text him this morning, and Rogers do. They just laugh. Like, really? Well, we'll be on on Tuesday. And you know what really pisses him off? You know what really pisses him off? See that guy there, Rogers? He's being paid a million dollars. Greg Doyle of the Indy Star tried that with us at Emmis. Well, I'm not coming on unless I get paid. I'm like, all right, you're a half-assed friend. I'll try. They laughed at me. He tried it with the afternoon show. They laughed at John. These guys are so jealous. These girls are so jealous of athletes, they can't stand it. And then when athletes, coaches, broadcasters that they don't like get do something politically that they don't like, oh, it's on. And that's all Aaron Rodgers does every Tuesday. And Jimmy Kimmel's whining, crying ass ain't gonna sue nobody because there ain't nobody to sue. Good for McAfee for being generous and smart enough to pay Aaron Rodgers. Good for Aaron Rodgers for speaking his mind. Jimmy Kimmel, you talk about people every damn night. You make fun of people. And then, of course, once somebody came back at your misogynist ass, you couldn't handle it, and you whine like a little school kid. We'll be right back. We got an interesting guest coming up. You're not going to want to miss this. You know, Kyrie Irving whined, bitched, and moaned about a guy having a sign, a rabbi, that said, I'm Jewish and I'm proud. Well, in Riverton, Utah, there's a mayor named Trent Skaggs. He ain't afraid. He's going to talk about it when we come back. Also, Chad Robino is a U.S. Force Recon veteran, MMA champion. We're going to talk about USA Boxing 
How does USA Boxing let dudes in against women and other things? I got some emails. I got all kind of stuff. And I got to show you the video. I know it's a day or two old, but I got to show you the video of a judge being attacked in Vegas. It's unbelievable. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Mayor Trent Staggs is the mayor of Riverton in Utah. We just had big news out of Utah. Kyrie Irving, America's dumbest human being, the most ridiculous. A lot of dumb people. I shouldn't say that about him. But most ridiculous human being. Utah Jazz game. He got offended by a rabbi holding up a sign saying, I'm Jewish and I'm proud. So we go right to the source. We go right just outside of Salt Lake City. Mayor Staggs, what the hell's going on with this? Well, you know, I, I just can't understand it. I mean, for the life of me, if that sign, which is reported to that Kyrie actually told this uh, this rabbi who I know, he's a fantastic human being, upstanding member of our community. You know, he, he said that that was distracting. I mean, if that sign is distracting to an NBA player, I think he needs to get a new line of work. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been to so many jazz games where they've passed out towels that we wave and thunderclap sticks. Um, so many other things that I would find so much more distracting than a sign that was 11 inches by 17 inches, which the rabbi checked out the jazz's audience code of conduct and made sure that the sign was within the limits, you know, the regulation size. So he was well within his right to have that sign. It's such a non-controversial thing to just say, I'm Jewish and I'm proud, or I'm a Jew and I'm proud. Um, for the life of me, I can't understand why that would trigger somebody in the NBA and, and this, all this, Dan, after the NBA has pushed down our throats, so much of their woke political agenda uh, to me is just disgusting. Like, you know, Black Lives Matter kneeling during the, the national anthem. Uh, we've got Chinese propaganda that they have just tolerated for years. And then this sign, come on. Let me ask you, what, what has been the reaction? You know, I, get your, I got your reaction. What has been the reaction of people across Utah? Well, that's, uh, and, and in speaking with the rabbi yesterday, you know, he was just really didn't understand how this sign would have evoked that kind of reaction from somebody in the organization, right, that required him uh, or requested him to remove the sign or commanded him to remove the sign and ultimately took it down. Uh, that to me is a little bit baffling. And, you know, in speaking with other Utahns, you've got to take this into context too. Not only was that language, I think, so non-controversial and just a simple statement, but in the context of it, where just a couple of months ago, the state of Israel suffered, I think, some of the most horrific acts we've ever seen. And you've seen all this anti-Semitic rhetoric that's been employed across college campuses, and other places in the United States. And so, you know, in the midst of all that too, I think that's what's on the minds of Utahns and people across the country as they see this. Mayor, when, when they answered why, they said it was a distraction that impacted the game. Now, I got to tell I heard what you said about 
earlier about that. But I, 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 no backlash against Kyrie Irving. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm with you. My, my brother married a Jewish woman. My nieces and nephew are Jewish. I'm very sensitive to this because I know that they don't feel safe. One of them, a couple of them live in New York City. They don't feel terrorized, but they don't feel safe. No, absolutely no pushback against Kyrie Irving on something that's clearly anti-Semitic. It's like NBA has figured out how to make themselves exempt from pushback. You mentioned China. It's amazing to me. No, it really is. It's amazing to me how selective the censoring has become in our community. You know, for those that want to be able to just provide uh, or use use a small sign as a platform for their First Amendment rights and how some speech is so uh, thoroughly tolerated and almost just imposed on people and others um, seemingly, you know, really innocuous speech is just is ripped out. And, and especially given the context of all this, where you just said so many of our Jewish friends that don't feel safe. Uh, we've seen that in college campuses and dormitories and across the United States where they've been viciously attacked, you know, and speaking with somebody last night where a Jewish girl just wore a shirt to a mall that said that she supports the IDF and she was brutally attacked. So uh, I, I, I just don't understand. I think a lot of Utahns and others, people that I've talked to, uh, definitely saw nothing wrong with that sign whatsoever and think it could have just been uh, allowed to uh, to remain for sure. Is Has there been any pushback uh, against the jazz from Utah people? You know, I haven't seen a whole lot there. Um, I know that there a lot of people have questioned the action. And again, I don't know who made that decision. Uh, amongst the jazz, you know, organization, the people that work there and why they would have deemed that uh, such a distraction. I mean, they did put out, the jazz put out a statement uh, that, that night or the following day uh, that justified their decision. And so I think a lot of people are not happy with that decision and are questioning why that would have been such a quote unquote distraction. Hey, last thing before I let you go, have there been, you know, now when something like this happens, people always go back and say, well, this happened. Have there been other instances where the Jazz have taken down signs, you know, political type signs? You know, I, I'm not aware of one recently. And again, I'm, my, my frustration is that the, the hypocrisy here, right? Because we have seen at Jazz games and other NBA games where uh, so many people have been just subjugated to what I think is woke political ideology, uh, like the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of anti-cop rhetoric, perhaps on people's shoes, um, you know, the the kneeling during the national anthem, and it goes on. And yet this, this sign was, with just a simple statement on it, and well within the regulation size, was deemed a distraction. I'm just, I'm fascinated with the attack on women's sports and the attack on Jewish folk. Hey, Mayor, thanks for the time, man. I much appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing. You know, there are so many, so many different political things that go on in the NBA. We look at, we look at the NFL and they've got that expired change and 
when you read into where the money goes, a lot of the inspired change money goes to places that really don't want change. They just want racism. It is truly fascinating to me. It is. There are certain things that I get fascinated by, and I got to tell you, that's one of them. I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one, and this is so fascinating that, well, on its stupidity, um, I got to show you a guy that decided he wasn't going to take it in Nevada. Moments after a defendant in a felony battery case, I'm sure you saw this, but this is so good. This is like AI. A dude decided he was going to go at a Clark County judge. Let's show this and then let's react. Well, there's the judge. Watch this. This is unbelievable. Here he comes. He's coming. And wow! Dude just jumps over and goes at this woman judge, and the bailiffs are right there. The woman, she wasn't hurt, but I mean to tell you, this dude is like something out of a damn movie. I mean, look, he's just trying to pummel the judge. I mean, look, fellas, you got to hold that right arm. He's obviously right-handed. You got to hold that arm back. You got to yank out the rotator cuff. You got to pull out the freaking labrum. Honest to God. I mean, how are you just sitting there letting him swing on her and boom? (sighs) Dude just said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to jump. Oh, I mean, that is a full tackle. Now, I don't think that was a lot of respect for the judge. I kind of sort of think that you maybe when the judge is up high here, you maybe sort of should put a bailiff in front of the judge now. I mean, in that courtroom, maybe sort of should put a bailiff on all sides of the judge. The dude gets arrested. He's going to jail for a while, all that kind of stuff. And the judge is all right. But it, it's, it's I, look, I get it. People are idiots. People have always been idiots. Okay, we get that. But the jumping... The leaping, if you've ever watched, and I talk about this show all the time, Two and a Half Men, uh, Rose always goes over, anybody that goes over the balcony just goes over loose, like, they don't, like, put their hand. This dude just got over the table. I'm going to show this, like, look at this. I mean, look at the judge. She's, like, moving back. This dude's going face first. He's trying to get a piece of her before she even realizes what happened. Very stealthy. Very stealthy, this guy. I don't know how you do it, but if can you imagine being his lawyer? You're just like, oh, man. Come on. Come on. Uh, can we please? Can we please? Can we, can we just? Can we just get along? I mean, in the, in the, in the words of Rodney King, the late, great Rodney King, can we just get along? Hey, I talked about coaches being fired. I talked about Black Monday. Can we call it Black Monday? I don't know. Black Monday, Black Friday. I mean, will Jamel Hill get mad? I don't know. But Devontae Adams, well, he wants his coach to be Antonio Pierce. 
Devontae Adams is going all in. He is trying to get the Raiders front office to just make Antonio Pierce the head coach. Here's a little bit about the oft-complaining ever since he's been in Las Vegas, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously who I wanted. That's that's my vote, and I've, I've been vocal about that, and that's, um, you know, that's, that's basically how the whole locker room feels, and, you know, with good reason. I mean, he's come in and, and done, done a great job, and, you know, he's continued to, to win us over. It's not just the, the comfortable thing. I think um, having AP here will, will be uh, – you know, it'll be good for this this organization. He's he kind of embodies what it means to be a Raider and that mentality, that swag, and you know all the things that he endorses is is the things that I believe in. So um, it's easy for a guy like me, especially having dealt with him a little bit this year now and gotten to know him and see his evolution. You know, in front of the team and you know all those things, all the all the different fields of, of being a head coach. So definitely, definitely um, rooting for him. Devontae, do you- yeah, and, you know, that's a good answer. That, that is a good answer. You know, I don't know what being a Raider means. I know back in the day being a Raider meant you were half crazy or you were a little bit older and Al Davis brought you in because he knew you were going to be desperate. Ted Hendrickson comes to mind. Jim Plunkett comes to mind. The great Otis Sistrunk and his head steaming comes to mind. There's a lot of guys, Daryl LaMonica, Cliff Branch. I mean, you name it, Dave Casper. I mean, I can go on and on. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not sure what it means to be a Raider. Like, let me ask you a question. I was thinking about this after I listened to this this discussion. Is there any NFL organization where, yeah, it means something to be a bear? Like, I don't really think there is anymore. I think when I watch Pittsburgh take on the Ravens, I know, and maybe it's just a uniform, the cold, the history. I know I'm going to get a tough-ass game. I know it's going to be two physical teams that don't take no crap, that are going to play really hard. But is there – it's really, really, really important that we have Panther players. Oh, They try to do that here with the horseshoe. We need horseshoe guys. I want horseshoe guys. Okay. And I bought into that. The next man up when, – when Tony Dungy was here, you bought into next man up. You bought into, right? Now, my guys, Nick, they're saying the Cowboys. Well, what does it mean to be a Cowboy? I, I mean, I get the Cowboy organization, but I want a Cowboy-type player. Is that a dude that does coke and still becomes an all-pro? Goes to the White House, screws three different women on the morning of a game, goes out, catches five passes? I don't know. Used to be you knew what a Raider was. Yeah, frankly, you kind of knew what a Cowboy was. That's not bad. Used to be you kind of knew what a Packer was. Ground and pound, we're going to be tough. Bears, you always had a middle linebacker, and that goes back to Bill George through Dick Butkus, Mike Singletary, and everybody else. Erlacher. But I'm not so sure. Hey, look. Tell you what I need. Used to be you knew what a Redskin was. You did. Older guy, a lot like what you saw. Uh, out in Oakland, maybe not as crazy. Guy on his last leg that George Allen understood was going to play his off for a few years, and we get another one. I'm not sure. You know, he embodies what it means to be a Raider. Huh. What does it mean to be a Raider? Speeding? Drunk driving? I don't know. I really don't know. I've got viewer emails come up. I'm, inter- I'm I can't wait for this next. 
uh, interview. This is going to be interesting, and you're going to like it, damn it. Uh, Chad Robichaud is going to join his former MMA champion, host of Stay Dangerous. Um, we're going to talk about women in sports. In boxing? Look, swimming is bad enough. Having to sit there with Leah Thomas and his six foot six package hanging out, fine. But boxing? UFC? What's wrong with us? We're insane. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Yeah, I love talking to dudes, real dudes. I mean, look, I'm not one of those guys that sits there and is like, yeah, uh, I'm scared to say that there's a difference between men uh, with penises and men who act like they got penises but are real women. I get tired of it. And Chad Robichaud, U.S. Marine, MMA champ, you name it, recon veteran. I mean, this is a dude right here. And I'm very proud that you will come on our show. I got to ask you, this is making me crazy. Um, How is it possible that boxing organizations, uh, MMA organizations, are letting dudes who still have penises come in there and fight women? Chad, how are we doing this? Well, I mean, it goes even further than that. You know, USA Boxing the national United States national boxing organization that should be the one standing up to this. They have just moved into 2024 and changing their bylaws to allow biological men to fight women. Now, you know, where is outrage? Where are the feminists? Uh, where are the, the Americans that are willing to stand up for little girls that probably trained since they were five years old to make it to the Olympics, to have that taken away from them by some dude who's mediocre at best, who couldn't compete with other men and that's not to mention the fact that they're going to get somebody either seriously injured or killed. One somebody's somebody's daughter uh, is going to be seriously injured or killed because of this l- lunacy. Well, I mean, you and I talked about it. This happened in an MMA MMA fight. It, it's you know, it doesn't it doesn't even make sense. It, it does like I try to live logically. Okay. I, I, I do, but this doesn't even make, there's no logic sense to this other than you're just giving in to a mob of jackasses. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, with USA Boxing, uh, m- you know, making this decision, they simply have to look at when it's happened before. And, and in, uh, in between 2012 and 2014, MMA tried to allow this. The, the uh, Illinois Athletic Commission should be no surprise there. They allowed some dude, and I'll say dude, Fallon Fox, because that's what he is, put on a bra top uh, and, and get in the MMA cage with uh, women, biological women. And this wasn't just some dude that that came off the street. He was a highly trained Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter and uh, Muay Thai 
fighter. So Muay Thai kickboxing. And he beat the heck out of six women uh, in, in, uh, in, in one amateur, five professional. He did lose to some woman in, uh, in, in, in 2013, which I thought was great. But, I mean, not only did he beat them, he even broke one of them's skull before they finally put a stop to this madness. And, you know, and a lot of people in MMA at that time, I remember speaking out against it and we haven't seen it again since because it's been stood up against. And, and, and after he, you know, this guy Fallon Fox broke this woman's skull. Uh, it, that's when it finally ended. Joe Rogan spoke out a, a lot about it against it. Uh, Dana White, but now we're seeing USA boxing make this decision. And, you know, everybody says, follow the science. The science says, and by the way, you go to science daily uh, and science says that on average, Men have 75% more muscle mass, 90% more strength than the average woman. On an equal fitness level, meaning, you know, apples to apples, men punch 162% greater than women. Uh, you follow the science, you're putting women in danger and, uh, and to be injured or killed uh, because you can be killed by being punched in the head with that level of force difference and the fragility of a female skull compared to a male skull and, and uh and not only that i mean again the feminists should be stomping their feet and speaking up because these young girls i've been an athlete my whole life and know how hard it is to work i know how hard people put in the work to make it to places like the olympics and professional uh professional sports they'll work their whole life since five years old and they'll make it there and they'll have that opportunity taken from them by some guy who couldn't make it amongst their peers and it's 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 a shame and people should be, you know, this should not be like this conversation you and I are having should not be uncommon. Everyone should be speaking against this idiocracy. There's no, hey, let me ask you, Chad. So in theory, now I don't know what the Olympic rules are, but in theory, because U.S. boxing has allowed this, there could be men wearing bra tops boxing for the United States in the Olympics, correct? I mean, according to what they've said, men can go to the Olympic trials and make the Olympic team, no? Yeah, I mean, this is where we're. This is what we're seeing. You know, this is what's being presented here, and uh, it's a, it, it's it's a, you know, it's a tragedy, uh, in a lot of ways, but mostly to the women. And uh, you know, this guy, this dude Fallon Fox, considers himself a feminist. How are you standing up for women uh, if you're beating up women? I mean, in any society. A women are the people where men are supposed to protect and stand up for any uh and the fact that we're allowing in a professional forum uh, amateur and professional sports forum for men to beat up on women i mean look I, I, i'm not for it for soccer i'm not for it for swimming or any any amateur sport that is non-combat sport i'm not for it for any of it but come on this is different this is this is boxing this is standing toe-to-toe -to -toe, human to human and punching each other in the face for 12 rounds how is it okay to let a man do that to a woman in any society? It's not. And, and it's, it's lunacy and it should be spoken up against. And USA Boxing should be embarrassed and, and retract this immediately. I mean, before they do get someone killed. And they will get someone seriously injured or killed and it's going to be someone's daughter. And, uh, and again, everybody should be stomping their, their Look, feet. Look, I, I just put out, you talked about Fallon Fox. I just put out on Twitter while that I'm talking to you, and the woman's face that Fallon Fox opened up her skull, it's just, it's amazing she's not dead. 
I mean, it's like one of those gruesome pictures from back when I was a kid and we used to get professional wrestling magazines, right? And, you know, they had all the blood and that was fake. This is unbelievable yeah. what we're seeing. Yeah, so let me, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. What is the, maybe I asked you this before, I don't think I did. What's the reasoning for this? Well, it's submission to it's submission to wokeism, right? Uh, I mean, you got less than one percent of the population are are uh, consider themselves transgender. I don't know what it is now. It's uh, I think you know who knows. I don't believe any stats anymore. Uh, yeah, it's in, become in, a in, fad. In, they, yeah, it's become a fad, right? So I don't know what it really is, but but they're catering to this, and it's it's just a it's a I mean, it's the same reason that you know Target has you know uh, diapers for for you know to hide little boys' penises. Uh, it's just, a, it's just a fad that people are doing it and they're pouring into it and they're, you know, pouring gasoline on a fire and it's, you know, killing culture and it's dangerous and, uh, and it's ruined uh, the hopes and dreams of, of our, the women in this country and all for a bunch of hey, Chet. Mentally, mentally ill, sick dudes. I always, always say this though, if they are going to do this, I've, I've always fought, uh, you know, and when, uh, when you're fighting and say, Hey, no, uh, no strikes below the waist. Um, I think this maybe maybe if they're gonna let these dudes fight fight chicks, allow for some strikes below the waist and hit them in the nuts that they still have. Yeah, it, look, here's what I've said. I've said I don't understand because this happened in in every sport when a woman is transitioning to a man, uh, and this happened Yale softball. The woman transitioning to a man played the women's sport. When a man, Leah Thomas, is transitioning to a woman, guess what? He played against women. Now, right. I don't understand how both can play against women. I've said this forever. I got a solution. Hey, whoever's transitioning to whatever, you're a dude transitioning to a woman, you go, you go compete against the men. You're a dude, trans, or you're a woman transitioning to a man, good. Go compete against the men. I don't get why every all these different the, the two ways of transitioning woman to man and man to woman you play against women. It doesn't make no sense to me. No, look, this America. Uh, I, I did eight diplomas in Afghanistan. Majority of my adult life has been fighting for the freedoms we have in this country. And as much as I think they're mentally ill and, and sick, and uh, if, if you're a dude and you want to put the dress on, you want to get your stuff cut off your body, that's your freedom and your right. Uh, do it. Uh, don't impose it on me, but don't take it into environment. Don't leverage it to put yourself in an environment where you're going to injure people and, and and take advantage of 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 of, of women. Then um, that's what they're doing. I mean, um, high school wrestling. You know, I, I grew up wrestling and doing martial arts. When and when I see these boys uh, get in get in these uh, high school matches with these with girls and, and and you see them in the wrestling room they can't hang at all they're they're weak in the wrestling room but they get in there and compete against other girls and steal uh everything they work for it it's it's uh it's just sad it's heartbreaking and it's uh and it's in the people that govern these and make these decisions to govern it and take these opportunities away from women, women they should be ashamed of themselves i mean somebody needs to speak up for these women i remember you know I, I never thought I'd be a fan of feminism, but I am right now. Like, where are the feminists? Speak up. Stand up for where your are women. <laughs> yeah, they should be screaming about where, this. I mean, 
where are they? I mean, where's Me Too? Where's, you know, I mean, damn. Uh, people get worried about a joke that Dave Chappelle makes. How about we worry about somebody potentially getting killed? Hey, Chad, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time. Great stuff. Absolutely, man. Happy New Year. Thanks for speaking on this. This is important for our, for our women. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. We've been speaking on it. Riley Gaines, a good friend of ours. I mean, the whole thing. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir. <sighs> Chad Robichaud, American hero. I don't get it. I'll never get it. I'll never understand it. I remember being at my stepdaughter's softball game against Harvard, or excuse me, against Yale, and there is a dude transitioning to a woman playing against women. Then you look at Leah, I'm, I'm sorry, a woman transitioning to a man on, on Yale's softball team playing against women. Then you look at Leah Thomas, it's a dude transitioning, I guess, I'm not sure she's even or he's even transitioning, dude transitioning to a woman competing against women. All right, I mean, why is it always against women? Why is it against men? I don't really get it. Both ways you compete against women? That makes absolutely no sense to me, and I am with Chad. Feminism is out the window, apparently, on this. We haven't seen anybody step up. We haven't seen people have the stones. Somehow, some way, all anybody wants to do is be scared and defend this garbage, and it's garbage. Just make it simple. You're transitioning. You're playing against men. Easy. You're playing against men. I don't want to hear about it. That's what you're doing. You're playing and competing every day against men. <laughs> that's, that's as fair as every day, every way you're competing against women. How's that not as fair? How's that not the exact same thing? It is the exact same thing. Man, oh man, again, you know, you guys know me. You know that I am, well, frankly, I've, I've got a wife that's in sports. I've got a wife and a stepdaughter that are great athletes, and I hate to see opportunities taken away from women. Uh, we rarely, if ever, talk Stephen A. Smith. He gets enough talking out of himself and others. But Stephen A. Smith may have the dumbest college football take ever. Ever. Stephen A. Smith says he believes that the Rose Bowl shouldn't be played at the Rose Bowl. It should be played at SoFi Stadium. Why? Because of traffic. Because his ridiculous entitled ass didn't like traffic. Now, look, let's hear from the idiot. Go ahead. Here we go. Let's hear from this clown. SoFi? I mean, have you been there, doggy? I Let me tell you something. This is a spectacular stadium. And all I'm trying to say is it's, this. It's you got You got 100,000 people showing up. And we literally, I'm talking about, you literally you get off the highway, right? So traffic is backed oh, up for a mile no. trying to get up the exit. Let me help you. Can you ask me a question? Please let me answer. We're going on the highway, right? The traffic is backed up. And then you know how you got to make a right, right? And then a quick left, right? And that makes traffic, but it's a light there. So that makes traffic. When you make the right, you, you got to stop in the light. And then you make a quick right, and then the light's right there. And then you make a quick left, and the right like this. And it's only one lane, and it's 100,000 people. All right. I mean, I apologize for that. I apologize. You, you come to this show to get away from that stupid stuff. You come to, you know, that's just all fake. 
Oh, he's trying, you know, okay. So I apologize for even bringing that in. I apologize for even allowing that on our show. No, I do. Because let's be honest, reasonable people don't watch that crap. I mean, and you know what? You guys had it on here. UFC star Sean Strickland believes people have become too soft. Well, I mean, they are soft compared to a UFC star. Hiding behind computer screens, keyboard warriors, right until they see someone in person. You know what his solution is? And I adhere to this. Dueling. Do you know how many times people who I know, I know you out there that have threatened me. I do. I pay attention. And I've seen a few of you. And you realize how big I am, and then you're very nice. Or some jackass will say, well, you know, uh, 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 I came at you on Twitter and I apologize. Well, yeah, okay, okay. Well, this is what Sean Strickland has to say. He's on the left. Theo Vaughn is on the right. It's called This Past Weekend with Theo Vaughn. I like this. Let's hear it. So it's like he, he's able to speak to me in a way that in all of human all of human history, not even just America, you would never speak to a man that way. You would yeah. never do it. But what we have done, dude, we have made people so pathetic that we just sit there and say, yeah, say whatever you want. Say whatever you want. I'm take it. I'm just going to take it. Like, you're like, America is one of the soft in the world. Well, a lot of it, I think you so then I think you're probably talking about like civil law, like everything has become a lawsuit. Yeah, it's not only the lawsuit aspect. I, I, it's what Strickland is saying. Man, I got these guys. I must have every day anywhere between 5 to 20 people threaten me. I got Greg Doyle telling me that he kicked my ass. And I'm like, where did he kick my ass? Uh, because he wrote words. We kick his ass every day on here. He wrote words. That's the new getting your ass kicked, according to Greg Doyle, who actually is a boxer. But as we all know, when you when you have affairs with young married women with two kids and you're married, you're nothing but a coward. You're nothing but a dude preying on women. But in the world that we live in now, Greg Doyle put it out the other day that he kicked my ass. Oh, okay. Oh, really? That's the modern way of these cowards. That's the modern way of the adulterer, the guy that doesn't feel good about himself. I kicked his ass on Twitter. I wrote an article on Twitter, or I wrote an article in the paper, so I kicked your ass. Well, a good way to kick someone's ass is to not, you know, prey on young women with kids. I mean, I don't know. A good way to kick someone's ass is to live your life in a certain way. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's writing words. I guess it's saying things on Twitter. I guess it's saying things, you know, in the newspaper. That's the modern, I kicked your ass. It's really funny to me. And Strickland could not be more right. Strickland absolutely... Could not be more right. People hide. Even you guys, like, you know, even guys, okay, I got 157 followers, all right? I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to get some blowback, and I ain't mad at it. But the world we live in 
is, man, I wrote something. I kicked your ass. Oh, really? Okay. All right. I mean, I guess if, you know, used to be somebody actually got in a fight to kick their ass. Used to be somebody actually debated to kick somebody's ass. Now, did you see my post? Man, that I wanna I I I I I I I I wanna report a body bag. Yeah. Guy asked me, he said, hey Dan Dockage, what are your thoughts on Doyle's article about Maryland being the worst fans ever? His response, because the guy addressed it to me about Doyle's article, Daddy, look what the mean guy who kicked your ass is saying now. It's the world we live in. I wrote an article, so I kicked your ass. I never thought me spitting truce about what a dirtbag Doyle is was kicking anybody's ass. I just feel like it's a response to bullshit that he's written about me. But he's a victim. We get it. The new I kicked your ass. Because I wrote words. I did. I wrote words. Jesus Christ. Strickland ain't wrong. I don't give a damn if you're a boxer. I don't give a damn if you go train in the gym like Doyle. You're a coward. And you're not kicking anyone's ass by writing an article. Although maybe in the modern world you are. Jesus. What a freaking country we live in right freaking now. Let me see what else I got here. Oh, yeah. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Darvin Ham is the coach of the Lakers. Now, let me close your eyes with me here. Has there ever been a coach of LeBron James that there wasn't a problem with? I don't know what the problem. I didn't say that he was the problem. I didn't say he caused the problem. I'm just saying Has there ever been a coach of a team LeBron James has played on where you don't hear about some kind of problem? He tried to get rid of Spolstra. He got rid of David Blatt. He got rid of Mike Brown. He got rid of Frank Vogel. Now, Darvin Ham, who's a brother, African-American, played in the league, a brother of his. He got a problem. They got a problem. And why am I not surprised? You're not surprised. I'm not surprised. Ain't nobody surprised. You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. LeBron James and rotations. We're mad about rotations. Uh, The lineup changes. He's losing his job because he's losing his locker room. Now, wait a second here. This would be a first because Darvin Ham was the coach of a team that won a championship worthy of putting a banner on the forum or staples or whatever they call it next to all their NBA titles. They won the in-season title. And Darvin Ham is going to get fired? Ucha Capesta, my eyes are burning. Amazing stuff. Mm. Hey, I got some emails for you. Sean Black says, I'm not happy. With Ohio State football. As you mentioned before, er, before, the urban effect has wore off. Well, here's the urban effect. It's the same thing as Bob Knight. You could call it the Bob Knight effect. When Bob Knight left Indiana, the culture was so good. It's a Dan Dockage effect, too. I'll explain. The culture was so good 
that Mike Davis was able to get to the championship game, get a contract. Then when Davis's culture took over, the whole thing went south. When Louis Orr took over for me at Bowling Green, we had two really bad years, but everybody was hurt. I told the athletic director, whoever you give this job is going to win the league in two years, within two years, maybe next year, maybe the year after. Louis Orr came in and said, I, publicly, I've never seen anything like it. This is the best culture I've ever seen. Yeah, my kids went to class. They showed up early. They blah, 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 blah. Two years, won a championship. Once my culture wore off, Louis Orr was out of a job within three years after winning a title. Urban Meyer, same thing. Now, the record of Ryan Day is great. I have a hard time saying, uh, Sean, it's gone away just yet. But at 56 and 8, I am not the fire Ryan Day train because I think he is a great coach and you run into who do you get that's better. Having said that, for the offensive guru, I think he needs someone that can call plays and he needs to focus more on developing toughness instead of being a fake tough guy going after Lou Holtz. Also needs to develop a quarterback, and his three quarterbacks weren't good based on important games in the bowl game debacle. I'm all in on Ryan Day. He's got to beat Michigan and put a tougher team on the field. I ain't mad at you, Sean. You're not wrong. William Moore says Jimmy Kimmel might want to talk to the powers of Hollywood and the Democrat Party because only way to prove your innocence is to release the redacted list. Also, in today's climate and society, it's guilty until proven innocent. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you know what? I got to tell you, he ain't wrong. He's not. He, he, he's, he's not wrong. He is absolutely not wrong. Boom. Uh, Tom Grob says, it's clear to me that the University of Michigan lacks institutional control in football and many sports. They also want a delayed punishment, not based on due process, as the current evidence is overwhelming. But to play the season out, try to win national championship, even if it comes with an asterisk. They falsely claim everyone has done it and blame everyone but themselves. Harbaugh would have been served an actual expense. Well, should have been served an actual suspension. He was suspended for half the year, and the Wolverines should not have been allowed to play in a Big Ten Conference Championship game or make the college football playoff appearance. That would be the beginning. Florida State and Georgia were robbed of spots in the college football playoff by a team that changed the integrity of the game. I do agree with that they changed the integrity of the game. But what has always happened in the NCAA is you wait for it, but this is different. I'm not mad at you for suggesting Michigan should not have played in the college football chip playoff or the Big Ten championship game. The coach had been suspended, and I'm guessing that's why everybody that was a deal that was made, if I'm just guessing here. We're not going to punish the players, Harbaugh. If you take three games here and three games there, we won't punish the players. We'll allow the program to move on. That's my guess. Harbaugh's lawyers, I'm assuming, came in there Guns a-blazing. You cannot punish our coach. You cannot punish our team because the NCAA hasn't ruled on it. Well, the Big Ten ruled, and I give Tony Friedi, or whatever his name is, credit for Petiti, I guess, Tony Petiti, the commissioner, for standing up and doing the right thing, getting Harbaugh out of there. Did he go far enough? That's up for debate. Should they have played in the Big Ten Conference Championship? I don't know the bylaws well enough to say he should, you shouldn't have, but I wouldn't be mad if he didn't, and I'm not mad that they did. Look, 
At this point, I got to tell you, don't matter no more. Court of public opinion was against Michigan, but you know my stance. Just win, baby. And that court of public opinion, shoop, switches quickly. Hey, Dan, this is IU basketball question from Andy. Why can't IU play defense? I don't know. Now, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't know because Indiana has long athletic guys. Now, maybe they're not quick enough, but when you see Trey Galloway or you see Banks or you see Renault, or you see any of they're long. Gabe Cups is long. You should be able to guard. Your length should put you in a position to be able to move it a little bit, but it didn't. Is Woody too soft for coaching? Probably. You know, but I do like what he says after games. He's not afraid to come at players, but I'm not sure that isn't more self-serving than anything else. Seems that in a rare occasion they play zone, they play better defense. I think Woody needs to either demand better man-to-man or give in and go zone. Seems like no one can stay in front of their man or close out. Painful to watch. You got to understand something, those of you that aren't Indiana fans. I understand that Indiana hasn't been great over, however, since 92. They were great in 20 or 2002. That's one year. I get it. I do. But Indiana fans are as passionate as any, as hopeful as every, and, and as optimistic as any. That's why, and I am the leader of the charge. When I talk, people listen. Indiana basketball has not gotten over. Me leaving. Hell, they didn't get over it in 1979 or 1997 when I told Coach Knight, if you don't hire somebody that's going to hold you accountable, you're going to be fired in five years. Well, he's fired in three. Not great. And then when I was there, I tried to change the culture back to what it was. They didn't like it because we went three and four. All right. You still haven't gotten over me. I don't blame you. I'm hard to get over. All right, when we come back, Joe Kinsey, Hot Women's Screen Caps, next. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. All right, you know what time it is. It's time for Screen Caps. Jolton Joe Kinsey joins us. He is the man on Screen Caps. Hey, Joe, before I get there, Chandler Jones, he, uh, the former crazy Crazy Las Vegas Raider got Messiah tattooed across his head, Joe. If you got Messiah tattooed across your head, you'd never wear a hat, Joe. Well, Dan, I like to represent the brand. I think that it's smart to represent the Outkick brand, not the Messiah brand. I'm going Outkick. Chandler Jones probably has CTE, so he's calling his brain Messiah. So uh, advantage Outkick on a Friday. Yeah, Joe, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I would put Outkick on my ass. I don't know that I would tattoo anything where people can see it, but that's just me. Do you have tats? Are you tatted up, Joe? No tats, Dan. Uh, 100% just uh, Ohio American skin. All right, fair enough. All right, let's do it, shall we? Shall we do? Oh, look at Francis Fournier, Joe. Francesca, Francesca, Mike Francesca. I have no idea how to say her first name. French Canadian, Dan. One of the original Instagram travel the world types. 
she was one of those that, you know, just did her own thing. I think from Montreal, you remember when we talked about Montreal and we talked about the strip clubs up there and the beautiful women, Fournier, which I think is French, if I'm not mistaken, Fournier, I think is French Canadian, one of the greatest, one of the greatest. Thank you to the team for starting Friday off with Miss Fournier. Joe, for our listeners, what makes Francesca or any of our beautiful people here, what makes them one of the greatest? Dan, it's about longevity. It's about knowing the audience. It's about showing them the tropics when it's the winter and it's cloudy in Indiana and it's miserable around the Great Lakes. It is about the beauty of the world, Dan. Beautiful women beautiful world. We don't want to see clouds. We want to see blue skies. Fournier knows the formula to success on Instagram. I see what you did there, Joe. I do. Thank you. Uh, Thank I, you. I have worked many times in front of cameras. And Joe, I got to tell you, I've never seen a camera operator like this next gal here. I have never. Now, I don't know, Joe. I got to tell you that her, she would be distracting. Yes, Dan. This comes from our weather weather uh, ladies of Instagram. They, these are the ladies that work in weather. They are weather forecasters. Yulika is the latest and greatest. She gives the forecast, Dan, uh, Popped onto my screen this week. I, I can't keep track of who's doing the weather in Mexico or in Spain or in Europe. But when they pop on your screen, you know that they're going into screen caps right away. If, you, if you're a weather analyst, weather forecaster, meteorologist, get by a camera, get yourself in front of a screen, take a photo, put it on Instagram, you'll be famous. It's two things that should never be done by men. Weather forecaster and sideline reporter. Just saying. I'm just saying. Why do you think Jay Feely went into the booth? He knew he was dead meat on the sideline, Dan. He knew it. And now he hates me because I rip on him on a bi-weekly basis. He was on our show. He's a friend of the show. I'm, I'm guessing he's not anymore, but that's all right. Jay Feely hates all me, right. Dan. Hey, Joe. Well, it's all right. Uh, we're going to Palm Heights, Grand Cayman. They're not just smuggling money in the Grand Cayman Islands. Farye Corey, Joe. Far, I don't know how the hell they're saying Farron. her name. But that's, Farron. That's Farron. That's a nice afternoon right there. I'm going to get my wife that bikini. Farron is one. Going back to like 16, 17, Dan, she burst on the scene and was one of the greats. And then all of a sudden, Dan, she disappeared. I don't know why. I don't know whether she was into drug running. I don't know whether she was hiding from the feds. I don't know if she's mafia. She could be Instagram mafia. I have no idea. She is an, from America, Dan. She's a purebred American woman. And uh, now she's back. She's starting to dabble a little bit. She doesn't she doesn't dump out enough content. I'll say that about Miss Corey. She needs to ramp it up in 24. I think she's right at the prime of her career, Dan. It's like a power hitter turning 27. You've got to strike when when the age is right 
and Instagram models need to do the same thing. Joe, I'm not sure you know the answer to this, but what what do these folks make? Like, you know, what 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 how how much are we making here? I'm not talking about on OnlyFans. I'm talking about from content like this. What are they making? I would assume Miss Corey comes from money, just from what I've followed her career. I would assume she has some sort of trust fund that she dabbles in, uh, maybe half a million a year. Uh, there's too many private jets to not make over a million for this woman. But I have to believe some of these women somehow, someway find about half a million, 750 to 1 million, I think is like the ceiling before you go to OnlyFans and really crank it up. Or you have to be dating or marrying some investment banker guy, uh, some you know private equity guy that has a ton of money. I did see that Lindsay Lohan, Dan, she she popped up on my screen this week and she's married to some guy in the Middle East who clearly has billions in the bank. Lindsay Lohan, by the way, not poor. No wonder she has disappeared, Dan. Lindsay Lohan does not need money. You know, my friend Jay Billis, last time we talked, said we were just talking about the world and he goes, you know, I need no more friends that don't have private planes. He ain't wrong about that, buddy. Skylar Simpson on the radar. Should be. Uh, Skylar Simpson, uh, she's made the show. Yeah, she's out of Florida. One of the, you know, something interesting about Skylar Simpson, Dan, that you'll appreciate is years ago, like two years ago, she was like a thin rail model who was one of those that was probably puking and like, you know, really like driving herself to sickness to be skinny. Dan, she said, the hell with it. I'm throwing all that out the window. I am letting my figure do what it wants to do. I think she's been eating some red beans and rice, Dan. I'm not going to lie. Little junk in the trunk, but Skylar Simpson, she's cashing in from it. God bless her. Yeah, and she went and re-racked on us, Joe. She went and pumped those bad boys up. She got those puppies up top going, and good for her. Look, that is a common theme of the Instagram ladies, the Silicon Valley strong up top, Joe. Well, strong in the trunk, Dan. Uh, she went red beans and rice because the old frame is not this frame. Let me tell you, I did analysis on it, and uh, God bless her. I think she's drinking whole milk, Dan. Well, who isn't these days, Joe? Who isn't? I'm just saying, uh, you know. Hey, we're going to New Zealand, the Cook Islands, Joe. Uh, I like that we go a lot of places. Nicole Isaacs. All right, Nicole, how are you? Speaking of junk in the old trunk. Nicole Isaacs. I like that they brought this one on this week. Uh, she is interesting, Dan, because she goes swimming with, like, whales and sharks. She's not oh. just an Instagram model who sits on the beach and like has her boyfriend taking photos. Isaacs literally goes into the ocean and she takes these black and whites and very, very interesting photos of her swimming with like animals of the sea that could kill her in a heartbeat. So God bless Nicole Isaacs because a lot of these Instagram models, you know, Dan, they're not leaving their little cabanas on the beach to go into the, uh, into the ocean with the sharks and the giant killer whales. Joe, this might be the coolest car I have seen. This might be. I, I've seen some cool cars, but this one right here from the front seat where, you know, your best gal can sit next to you to the party in the back seat and the, 
the window, and it's just this is a really cool car, Joe. Isn't that awesome? This this account, if you aren't following it, Quirky Rides has. You know, I always thought it was just some aggregator that just, you know, picks photos out of Google image searches. But this account really does find cool cars. I mean, look at that, Dan. It looks like you're at a bowling alley in the back seat. I mean, look at the yeah. is that wood. I mean, to me, it looks like it's all wood. It's all beautiful leather. I mean, imagine driving around Indianapolis and in this around the circle in the middle of town where all those uh, pedal uh, bars are. Those things suck compared to this Fiat, Dan. This Fiat, prized item, I can't Joe, imagine how... They should make these right now, Dan. They would sell thousands of these. I don't I don't know why they wouldn't. That is a very, 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 very cool thing. That is very cool. Like, cool. I, I like the white walls. I, I, I'd get out the SOS pad, scrub those white walls. I mean, it would be fun. You put a little table Dan, in the back. Next the, thing what, you know, what's playing on the radio in this car for you? What, what what music are you playing? Joe, it just depends on the mood. But I'll tell you this: I, I'm going to go with some '70s. I mean, I'll go '70s on seven. You give me a little brandy. Where's a braided chain made of finest silver from the north? My actual little league coach wrote that song. True story. And he sold Dan, it to if Lickin, this was Looking your car Glass in Indiana, for 15 if, Dan, if this was your car in Indiana, you would never would have left it in that lot that, that, that when they towed your ass, you never would have left this car to be towed. You would have went and got it. I would have got it, Joe. I, I would have got it. And the other one that I had at Indiana was a yellow rabbit that my brother sold. True story. I went to go pick it up from Brinegar's service station. And they're like, Dan, your brother already came and got it. I go, all right. Hey, Tom, where's my car? He goes, I sold it to go to spring break. You know what? That's my car. He goes, yeah, it's a piece of shit. You're all right. It'll be fine. All right, Joe, Ohio State got him a quarterback. I'm very happy about that. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm just thankful that the emotions weren't terrible over the last 24 hours. God bless Ohio State. Ryan Day better figure it out, Dan. And you are, are not rooting for Michigan, right? I mean, it don't matter. It, it, no. Can't have it, right? And I'm on record. I would root for ISIS before I would root for Michigan in the national championship game. I would I would root for Afghanistan. Name a bad actor in the world, I would root for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I look, I know it was uh it was a tough weekend, and we'll see what happens. Joe, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. See you, Dan. All right, you can catch it every afternoon. Screen caps comes on Outkick.com. Yeah, Cashman says, I want Francesca to show me the tropics. I see what he did there. I do. I see exactly what he did there. Look, I'm going to give you a bet, and I don't know. You know, every time I do this, every time. Now, get write this down. Everybody write this down because I feel like – once you do something enough and you fail at it, but when the opportunity comes up, you, you, make, you miss five straight six-foot putts to make money. You miss four free throws to win a game. If you're still and continue to be in that position, eventually you make. It used to be the rule of order in the NBA. You had to lose to the Bulls, had to lose to the Pistons before they could beat the Pistons. 
the Colts had to lose constantly to the Patriots before they beat the Patriots and won their only Super Bowl. That is kind of the law of the jungle. So what am I getting at? Every single time I give on this show the Colts as the house bet, they crap the bet. A couple weeks ago, uh, Cincinnati. All right. The Colts have been in this position two years ago. Two years ago, win and in. Win and in, ladies and gentlemen. Win and in. Here comes Derek Carr with the Raiders. Busucci or Biasucci was the interim head coach. Derek Carr in Lucas Oil telling everybody to be quiet. Beat the Colts. Okay. Colts had to go to Jacksonville. In going to Jacksonville, all you got to do is beat the hapless Jaguars. This is before the Jaguars got any good. What did the Colts do? Lost. So here we are again. You win, you're in. You got the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, much better. C.J. Stroud, terrific. I mean, terrific. Okay, so what does that mean? What that means is this. That means the Colts have to win to get in. That's all. It doesn't mean anything about C.J. Stroud. You got to defend him. But that ain't the thing. Colts are plus one at home. What? Okay, that's my house bet. I am taking the Colts plus one. I'm anticipating that line to change, and I just went to DraftKings, and it changed. I have 41 cents in my account because when I win, I clear it out and start again. The Colts are now plus one and a half. You don't even have to get the one and a half to get plus money. The Colts are plus 102. I don't understand it. I don't know about it. I don't give a rat's about it. I'm going to take them because the Colts are my house bet. I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you another bet that I think you'll like. You know, I started looking and we talked about the Cleveland Browns. We talked about Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco ain't playing. He's not playing. Jeff Driscoll is playing. I'm going to say that the number here, 37, is in play for the over. 37, this seems an odd, this is low. I understand you're not playing your guys. Well, maybe you're not playing your guys on defense either. So I got a feeling that the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns are going to get in the 40s. I'm going to take, I'm writing this down actually, and I'm going to ask the sack man. Now, some of you are asking me about the sack man. Why doesn't the sack man give himself picks? Because he has a formula. He's a genius. He's not just a guy. He's a freaking God. And he waits until everything's in. He checks out about five guys on Twitter, another five or ten on Instagram, another five or ten on TikTok, who are so bad at this 
that when they all agree or mostly agree, he goes the other way. That doesn't happen by just showing up. I actually had a guy on Twitter complaining to me. No, 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 don't complain that I don't give Sackman bets. Don't give me that. I will give them to you when I can give them to you. If you want them, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll try to give them to you. But those are two bets just off the top of my head. Now, tonight, tonight we got an interesting one. Tonight, Purdue is playing at home against Illinois. Illinois, the kid Shannon got a serious problem. He's accused of rape. Yeah, real rape. Not like, hey, you know, no, I mean rape on campus at Kansas. The deal is this. The deal is Illinois, without Shannon, bounced back and beat a pretty good Northwestern team by like 30. Illinois is getting 10 and a half tonight. I'm going to take that 10 and a half at Purdue. Look, I understand Purdue can beat you. I understand Purdue can whoop you. I understand Purdue at home can get going. But uh uh-uh. Brad Underwood's a hell of a coach. And Brad Underwood is going to keep his team tonight within 10 and a half at Purdue. Now, when I watch Purdue... I always think it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before, uh uh-oh, here we go. Here comes the run. Mackey's going to get crazy. The world is going to get insane. And, oops, you just lost. I don't think so tonight. I don't think so. I think this is one of those classic, we're going to go back and forth. We're going to punch it out. Big 10 games. You know what I mean? I mean, we're going to boom, 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 boom. That's what I think. And I'm riding with both. Now, you can give me a hard time, but I am stacking my account. I am betting my cash and I'm taking the 10 and a half and we'll see. Here's the problem. I think I'm one of those guys that the sack man fades. I think he looks to see what I'm doing, although I got hot during the bowl season. I think, I think he does. I'm not sure. Maybe yes, maybe no. All right, ladies and gentlemen, one last, last thing. I'm going to go and I'm going to cover some ground here. Are you ready? Let me ask you a question. If you're Bill Clinton, how you feeling? If you're Bill Clinton, now he's apparently out of the country, he and his wife, but if you're Bill Clinton, are you feeling relieved this is all out? And to this point, nobody's really, really had evidence that you're a pedophile, just said that you like him young. If you're Alan Dershowitz, you might feel a little different. Here's the deal with these Epstein files that you need to pay attention to first. Find yourself someone credible because there was talk and they had fake things going that Jimmy Kimmel was on that list. He's not. Find something credible. Find a guy on Twitter that's credible and follow that. Now, if I'm Bill Clinton and somebody says, well, he likes him young. Let me tell you something. Again, I watched Two and a Half Men. Hollywood's always talked about this. Yesterday, on Two and a Half Men, Alan, who's, I think, 40, was dating a 22-year-old, Bambi. 
All right? Okay. Well, her car breaks down. They go to the shop. Guy says, well, you know what? It's going to cost three grand to pay for your daughter's car. He goes, not my daughter. Guy looks at him and goes, good for you. That's the normal reaction of people as long as women are of age. And if I'm Clinton, that's what I'm holding on to. Hey, look, all right, you can call me a perv, but they're of age, and I like young women. Me personally, not my style. Never has been, never will be. But I'm not talking about anything other than what has been talked about, and that is that Bill Clinton, there's really no evidence yet that Clinton is a pedophile. You're going to ask me? I'll tell you he is. Got to have evidence to it. So are you feeling good by what's been brought up? Another interesting thing. A lot of redactions going on, or at least there's one major one. I don't know who it is, but my question is this. Why are, in this Epstein file, all of these folks being named, and yet there's one that is redacted? Now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say, all right, there's a legal reason. Is there really, though? Or is there just a money reason? What does that mean? There are money reasons. Is this person so big, and people allege it's like Oprah or Gates or I don't know, somebody, they're alleging that. I have no idea. But I would ask, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason one person is redacted in what has been let out so far. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know, but I will say this. If anybody, and I'm big on proving things, if anybody is, I don't care how rich you are, seen as being a pedophile, then guess what? You got to put him in jail. I mean, you just simply have to. Alan Dershowitz, it looks bad for him. Now, he made the comment, hey, look, of course I'm going to be on Epstein's plane. I was his lawyer. All right. But there's also some dialogue here, if it's all true, he was kind of a... Now, again, if the women are of age, I don't know what to tell you. How many Johns, how many dudes actually go to prison for soliciting prostitutes? I don't know. If they're underage, put their ass in jail and throw away the key. It's literally that simple. Period. You know, I thank you all for being here. Uh, I am going to be out next week. Uh, I'm having an operation. But Michelle Tafoya is going to take over, and the show will be better. I mean, you know, let's just be honest. I mean, the show will be better. The show will be smarter. And you know what? That's just the way it is. It is. You'll have more fun. Double D will be back, though. I can't wait to be back. I don't like missing. I don't know if you've noticed, but I really never take vacation. I really do. I never really take vacation. All right? I don't know. It's just the way I look at it. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. Just means that I don't really like taking vacation because I have felt like my entire life is a vacation. I mean, I've never really had a job. I mean, what is coaching? 
I mean, I guess I had a job when I was snapping lines in the summer or as a paper boy or working at the athlete's foot. I guess those are jobs. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, um, my whole life's a damn vacation. Uh, Nick, Nick, carry on, my wayward sons. (laughs) Dylan, let's go. Molly, Brooke, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, Aaron, you the man. You the man. No, you the man. I'm not the man. You the man. Gary, you the man as well. Gritty, stop talking about kicking my ass and they won't kick you off of Twitter. That's right. They won't kick you off if you don't talk about kicking my ass. To all of you that jumped over to OutKick and are watching, thank you very much. To all of you on Twitter, thank you very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I'm going to give you my pick. I'm saying Michigan wins 35-31, and the whole world gets turned upside down, and Michigan people come at me angry. That is my prediction for that game. I'm going to bet it unless the sack man tells me differently. Enjoy, everybody. Peace out. Word to your mother.